Welcome, and thank you so much for uh, coming on this podcast. Um, what I try to do is ask question around uh, your journey, and then later part of the interview, we, we talk about what's your goal setting method, time management method, your message to the audience and things like that. Okay, that's fine. You're doing multiple things at the same time. You're a writer, you're, you're marketer, you're SEO. I was amazed to see that you have been published so many places like Vogue, People, Daily Mail, US, Weekly, and you already yeah. Definitely, you know, I've, I've had a lot over the years and it's not just in on the internet, but also in print as well. Um, so it's definitely, uh, it's been a journey, that's for sure. I'll tell you that much. And it hasn't always been an easy one. And it, it isn't meant to be easy, I don't think. But I think that um, the most important thing to know about my journey is that it's one that I wanted to take. I knew that I, um, it was not going to be easy. I knew that I was going to face challenges. I knew that um, I was going to have to make a lot of sacrifices that maybe I didn't necessarily want to make um, in the beginning, but one that I knew that if I wanted to achieve certain goals, I would mm -hmm. have to make. And so that that's exactly what I did. I um, accepted that that would be part of the um that that will be part of the deal. Um, there's always, you know, the good and the bad in any part of the deal. And part of the deal was the sacrifices and the commitment that I would have to make. And at the end of the day, I just felt it was worth it. And that's what I think I want to convey the most. None of it was ever easy. None of it was ever just given to me. It was everything that I ever worked for was what I earned. And um, that, that, that's what I really hope, especially to convey to women that um, you're going you're gonna to come up against some challenges. You're going to meet some challenges. But as long as you keep your eyes on the prize and you keep your focus on the goal, you'll be okay. In terms of marketing, I need to be clear that I'm not a hardcore marketer per, per, per se. I'm not someone who works in um, what we consider marketing. What I do with SEO is, is all about website growth. Um, mm -hmm. And I do it for a company that I've written for for now over a year called, um, the, the parent company is Blavity, but they have other uh, properties such as Afrotech, Shadow and Act, 2190, uh, and Blavity News itself, as well as Travel Noir. And really for me, it's all about understanding what the, what the growth is and what it is that it does. And that's, you could say that that's my full-time job. So it's very still much connected to writing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also a freelance writer. And, you know, as, as you mentioned, I have my outlet, I have my, you know, publications and other outlets and, you know, I'm, I'm very pleased with that. And certainly I have no shortage of, of credentials to that, to that effect. So the reason most people connect to me obviously is because they want their clients to be featured um, in one of the outlets. That, that's the reason most people get in touch with me. And I, I wish I could accommodate everybody or more people than I currently do. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, but why else should you connect to me? Um, you should connect to me if you need your uh, website to, to experience growth. You should connect to me if 
you need to understand how growth marketing works or, or really just how to do so organically without so much the focus on um, growth per se. In other words, if you do it naturally, then the rest will follow. And I try to convey that to people and it sounds very simplistic, but really that is the be all and the end all of it. Um, and so I think that, that that's the, why people should connect me. Aside from all that, I am a lot of fun to connect to and with. Um, I you know certainly have no shortage of um, resources available at my disposal. I certainly have no shortage of um, knowledge that I, that I am happy to catalyze and share. I certainly have no shortage of any of those sorts of things. Um, so, so that, that's again, what, why I encourage people to get in touch so that they can learn more about how I can help their company achieve what it is that they need and want to achieve. And then uh, uh, is it the individual people or you work with the companies? I, I work strictly with companies. Over the years, okay. I've learned that um, being a, you know, working solopreneurs, while you, while you want to help, there's just no room in their budget. And I'm not the type of person to simply say, let me, let me take advantage of the money that you have or the limited finances and funds that you have. Um, so no, I, I strictly work with companies. What you wanted to become when you was in high school? This, <laughs> you know, I, I hate. I really, it, when I tell this to people, they, they laugh because it does sound very simplistic, but uh -huh. it's the reality. From the day that I could at least remember or I could talk, I've always wanted to be a writer. There was never any question about me doing anything right. else. I never wanted to be uh, an engineer, a doctor, or a lawyer or any of those sorts of things. I wanted to write and I didn't care doing what, I didn't care in what capacity. I didn't care if I was writing, writing on a cereal box. I wanted to be a writer. Um, and once I determined what that looked like for me, which was to, to, to your point very much in high school, then I, I made it my mission to fulfill that, that, um, that goal. In high school, I won all sorts of awards from my writing. I won a countywide award for my poetry. I won my school's award for uh, English and literature. Mm -hmm. um, and I continued it even throughout college and throughout grad school and even through my getting my PhD. Uh, my parents always wanted me to have those degrees to kind of fall back on in the event that the writing thing didn't work out. So I did what I was supposed to do in that regard. And I went all the way up to my PhD. But fortunately for myself and unfortunately for them, I never really had any occasion to use it. So um, that's pretty much what I did throughout college. I wrote for first my college newspaper and then I started writing for a lot of online publications. And then it just blossomed and mushroomed from there. Wow, you have such a clarity at that age. And then you continued with that. That's amazing. I appreciate that. But it's also, as to your point, it's also very rare. You know, a lot of people, they, they do change. For, for a lot of people, you know, they just happen upon the career as it comes along. For other people, they fall into it when everything else has mm -hmm. failed. For other people, they, you know, they retire or they become stay-at-home moms or whatever, and then they need it for the money purposes. And um, I, I just am lucky, I guess, or that I never had to do any of that. Um, 
it just was very much to me a, a thing that I, I I never thought of doing anything else. And mm-hmm. you know, I was fortunate that it did work out. That, that's that's really all I can say. And, and that is the only thing I will say I was lucky in, not my mm-hmm. career path, but the fact that it worked out the way I wanted it to. Because not a lot of people get that. So no no other shiny object that came across to your life. No, not really. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There are times that I looked and I would say, I wonder what my life would be like if I did do this. But then, you know, this is a very esoteric answer. When you start down that path, what ends up happening is, is that you can't just change one part of your Mm -hmm. destiny and expect that everything else remains the same. That's not how life works. Mm -hmm. If you change one element of your destiny, everything else on your path changes as well. And when I look back on my path and I look back on the things that um, have come, good, bad, and indifferent, at the end of the day, I wouldn't trade any of it because what ends up happening is if you trade, like I mentioned, if you trade one thing, you got to trade it all. It's very much an all or nothing. Things would never have worked out the way they worked out for me if I had changed any part of the destiny. So I don't spend too much time thinking about what could have been because it takes away from what is and what is quite frankly is quite beautiful. You can't have one without the other. Destiny doesn't just happen to you. Destiny is in my view. And I realize that the different cultures have different definitions. In my view, destiny is the sum total of the path that you walk. I see. I not see. just no, not not the end game. Because really, at the end of the day, there is no end game when it comes right. to writing, because end game for me is death, and because that's really the only guarantee that you have in life. That's what that's when you finally have no chance, no other chance to change the course of the path or to do something different or to make or write the universe or whatever it is you like to, to say, but. You know, you don't just write one place and then that's the end of it, especially if you want to make a career. Read. You have to you have it's it's consistent. Success is a consistent effort. Success is a consistent path. Success is a consistent job. And that's something that you, you have to understand. Sometimes you're writing for the client, which I'm assuming they give the topic and then you have your own writing. How do you balance? You know, that's a very layered question. And it's and and thank you for asking it because it does certainly have layers. Um, I think what we have to do in order to answer the question is differentiate between the creative writing part, mm-hmm. the actual end goal of writing for the client. When you're writing for a client, you have to understand what that client wants. To give you the example, I'll give you Blavity. Right, Blavity is a company that speaks to young Black America, specifically Black men and women who are coming up in their professional careers. Um, They like different things. They like sports, they like celebrities, they like um, lifestyle, they they like travel, different things. Really things that everyone else on this planet likes, they like as well. The difference is what type of things they like within those subgenres. You like to travel, I like to travel, they like to travel but where we want like to travel to, maybe three different answers. So you have to understand that. Uh, that's, that's the first thing. The second thing you have to understand is, is that you have to speak in such a way that it's authentic. At all times, you have to be authentic. In as much as, to use the Blavity example again, 
in as much as Blavity speaks to black men and women, clearly you and I can both see I am not black. So mm -hmm. how do you bridge that gap? How do you retain authority as a person in that space? And it's really very simple. You don't become a white person pretending to be black. You are who you are at this stage of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're adults here. So I am who I am. And I, you know, I make it clear, look, I can authoritar authoritatively write about X, Y, and Z, but I cannot authoritatively write about A, B, and C, because there are some things that I simply can't speak to. Things like Black hair care, I can't speak to that. Things like experiences in America as a Black man or a Black woman, I can't speak to that. And nor do I want to. And nor do I want to, because it's inauthentic. But here's what I can speak to. I can speak to being Black in business. I can speak to business tips. I can speak to things about knowledge and understanding and coming at it from my perspective, somebody who's a little bit older, who's lived several lifetimes in these 20 some odd years as a writer um, and impart some of that wisdom. And as long as you remain authentic within that while still conveying the facts, that's how you are successful. You don't pretend to be something you're not simply by, um, you know, changing who you are based on what the client is. That, that is just silly. You have to find that middle ground, yourself and the client, you have to find that middle ground between being authentic yeah. Yeah. and fulfilling what they need. And then for your personal writing, what the audience and what the message that you want to convey? For me, it's just about, again, going back to a life well lived, being mm. the age that I am and having the experiences that I've had in this industry that I've been in. I think that that's the messaging that I want to convey. And speaking from a lifetime worth of experience, that that's um, what I'm what I hope to convey when people come and talk to me on social media, that's what they're getting. They're getting um, my, my my thoughts and my experiences. Company G Force was Asha before. Yeah. Did you buy that something or what? <laughs> <laughs> so here's what happened. Um, when I was in rock, when I was first starting out in the industry, I was in rock and roll, and um, you know, I, I, when you're 20, I have no other. In 21, you really, I really have no other explanation except to say that you're young and dumb. Um, mm -hmm. And like most folks in college, I you know, was, even though I had the, the set goal of what it is that I wanted to do um, and what it is that I wanted to become, mm -hmm. I wasn't necessarily sure who I was as an individual, if that makes any type of sense, um, and what that looked like. So um, brief background, I was unsurprisingly raised Catholic. And so um, I, I knew that Catholicism wasn't a religion that spoke to me. It wasn't any a, a belief practice that spoke to me. So I started, you know, researching things like um, Eastern spirituality and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, I guess your non-traditional type of religions, at least what we know of in the West. Mm -hmm. um, and I had really resonated with the term Akasha. And so, um, because in, from what I understand of it, and by no means am I suggesting that I'm a, an expert on the topic, but my understanding of, of, the, of the word was that it was the being that, that encompassed all beings, all elements, earth, air, fire, and water. 
And I like that because I think that it, it was a message of all inclusivity. Um, so that was, that was my company. I see. And okay. at the same time, while I was doing that um, to pay some bills, I was DJing in a lot of rock clubs. I used to have a huge crate. I still do actually. I have a huge crate of rock albums that I used to spin at parties and concerts and things like that. Your Instagram, you have some videos of people singing and I mean, some, some celebrities seems like. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that, that's, that's exactly it. I, I, I run in celebrity circles for years um, because of the nature of what I do, uh, being a DJ. And at the time, because nobody, you know, with a name like mine, nobody can really say it. Um, I used to go by DJ G-Force. And so those were the two things that were encompassing me, DJ G-Force and Akasha Multimedia. As I moved out of the rock field and into the hip hop world, Akasha was so closely associated with rock and roll and what I was doing in rock and roll that it became very difficult. Um, so I, I realized that I had to go through a name change. I realized that because of the nature of what it was that I was doing, I didn't want it to be associated with just rock and roll because it would limit me. And then, of course, you know, as you get older, you start to realize, too, that, you know, maybe we shouldn't be borrowing from cultures that aren't really ours and that we don't really understand. You, you have to understand, you know, things were very different back then. And I will be honest and say that I was just as ignorant as most 20 year olds are. And I'm happy to say that I've grown since then. But you got to understand, like, like <laughs> I was 20. I got no other explanation except I was stupid. And it's my bad. Um, so. You know, those two things come together. So I closed down the name. The name no longer was associated with me. And I just became me, you know, just, it was just Bernadette Giacomazzo. It was me, it was me, it was me, it was me. And that was great. And then just really more for legal purposes, there was a need for, you have to differentiate between what you do as a writer slash journalist slash SEO expert and what you do as a publicist slash growth marketer slash digital marketer just because things were getting too confusing and people didn't know, should, should I come to you to write a story or should I come to you to help me grow my website? And so I looked again and I said, you know what? Now at this point, I'm much older and I'm very well defined in who I am and what I do and where I'm going and what I stand for, what isn't, isn't me. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of like G-Force Marketing Blues was sort of like a nod and a wink to look at how far you've come, you know, not so much look at, you know, look at what you've become, but look at wh where you start and look at what you've become from that. It's a reminder to myself that you never forget your roots. You never forget when you were that 20 year old kid and you were stupid and you were struggling and you know you were trying to figure it out. But one thing was for sure is you were having a grand old time. Cause I'm not gonna lie. There are times that I sit there and I'm like, I am so burned out. But you know, I G-Force reminds me, hey, remember this? And that, that's how I keep going. How do you switch between uh, your Balvita responsibility and G-Force? It's, it's really very simple. I, I just realized that things have to be done when they need to be done. Mm -hmm. And I get it done. I don't, I come from a very different era. Gen X was an era where we didn't necessarily have time or even a desire to think about why are we doing this? And, you know, this is okay. And this sort of thing. We just understood that 
we're not we're, we're not a generation that necessarily does things for j- just for the sole sake of, of doing them we are somebody that, that we are people that do things for the sake of this is just what we mm-hmm. do and so because of that i just say well you know what this is just what i need to do i never really gave much thought to it to be honest with you not until today <laughs> so- <laughs> how your typical day or week look like how does it look well i'm up at six every morning I have my coffee and I meditate and I set my intention for the day. This is what I do and don't need to get done. Um, Then I take my dog to school. I go to the gym. I'm in the gym for anywhere from between 45 minutes to an hour a day. And um, then I come in about, you know, we get come in, I shower, I, I, you know, do, do the typical getting ready sort of thing. And I am at my desk by 9.30, break for lunch at like 1.30, sometimes two o'clock, have a quick lunch, go all the way through until six, 6.30, go and get my dog from school. By seven o'clock, I'm usually wrapping up. And if I'm not, it's because I'm on deadline with a couple of other things. Mm-hmm. And I, I see those things through 99 times out of 100. I'm done by um, 6.30. And then when I get home, you know, I, I obviously I do what, what I normally do, which is I spend time with my loved ones. I spend time with my dog. Um, we have very light dinner. Um, maybe we'll watch a show. Maybe we'll go to a movie. Maybe we'll, um, you know, I, I live three houses down from the beach. So maybe we'll go for a walk on the beach. Um, on the weekends, you know, we'll, we'll do your typical housekeeping and, you know, your chores type of a thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my typical day, I guess you could say. Your daily routine looks impressive. You stick to that every day. Uh, Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Oh yeah. No, I mean, again, as, as I mentioned at the top of the, um, the top of the conversation, success is an everyday thing. And it requires consistency and persistence. You will not be successful if you just, well, maybe one day I'll do this and I'll do something else and then I'll do something else. If it works, stick to it. This is not to say you don't take days off. This is not to say you don't take some time for yourself, but this is to say that if you want to achieve the results you want to achieve, you must be consistent and you must be persistent. There's no two ways about it. Maybe 40% of my day is set like Mm -hmm. this. But then um, uh, every day is slightly different than others. Well, I think if, if I may share, Vinod, it's okay not to have a routine. You just need to know. You can try new things within the parameters of a routine. You know, that, that's like saying, well, just because, you know, I have lunch every day at this time that I have to eat, um, I don't know, uh, broccoli just every day. Every day, mm-hmm. broccoli. Broccoli every day. Broccoli day in there, unbeefy variety, broccoli. No, nobody wants to eat broccoli every day. Not even me. Um, so within the parameters of, of like, let's say lunch, I can say, well, you know what? I want to try this lentil soup today. Or I want to try this barley. I want to have some mushrooms or something like that. So it's okay to try new things. You just have to do it within the parameters of that routine. And if you manage to do that, 
And, and I, I certainly acknowledge that, especially in today's world, that there's a challenge to that. If you manage to do that, then I think that you'll find that you'll you'll find your your purpose and your calling mm-hmm. within those parameters, and that will make it much easier to stick to the routine. Your time management method. Mm-hmm. So I guess you have this uh, solid routine. You have the system that is working for you. Uh, I don't know if you need additional time management. Uh, technique. Oh, I do. I absolutely do. <laughs> I listen. I, you know what? I use the sauna boards. I use okay sticky posts. I use whatever it takes to lay out what it is that I need to get done. Because okay. no, nobody, nobody's perfect. Then not nobody's perfect. And I and sooner or later something goes up to the cracks. So the only way I I'm able to avoid that is if I have those time management tools like Asana and, and other things. You use Asana and you oh, yeah. use the key. And how how do you use those tools? Well, the good thing about Asana especially is that. You have you have options for like deadlines. No, it, you know, I, I wish I could say it was project based, but it's really on the basis of what needs to be, you know. And again, I, I keep saying this and I apologize because I don't want to seem like I'm being flipped because I'm not. It's simply just what needs to be done. If if X, Y and Z needs to be done, then X, Y and Z get done. You okay. know, and, and so that, that, that's the only thing right? I need. Big pardon? Daily planning, meaning for that particular day, what what everything that you need to get done. Right, exactly. That, that, that's really what I do it for. I, I say like, you know, um, for the sites, you know, I need to do keyword research. I need to do, I don't want to get it too deep into like proprietary stuff that I need to do, but basically I'm doing keyword research, blog mm-hmm. post writing, um, SEO writing, technical writing. Um, for some of the other sites, I'm doing research and long form writing and essays. Uh, for the books that I've written, it's again, you know, long form writing essays, um, getting my stuff out there, uh, speaking to folks like yourself. Th- these are all things that just, you know, I need to get done. Um, and so it's it's all a question of like, I wish I could show you inside my brain to see how it works. But basically, it's all like a list, you know, within my brain, like this, 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 and then that, 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 that. It's something that my parents, especially my mom, instilled in me from when I was younger. Like we would wake up in the morning after breakfast and it would be like, okay, so today we need that, 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 done. And then tomorrow we need that, 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 done. It was literally like, almost like a, a captain of the army reading off all orders to a soldier. Um, oh, wow. So that's pretty much how we just learned how to do it. You know, I'm, I'm the product of two immigrants. So the, the methodology is very different than what you might see in America. So your book is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure there are a lot of activities around that that oh, you're trying yeah. to finish. Oh yeah. Um, in, in the middle of somehow all this chaos, I've you know I've I've got these two books that are coming out. I have um, the first one that is called In Living Color and um, it, Cultural History. And what it does is that it focuses on um, pretty much what it says the the cultural history of of the television show In Living Color. Um, mm-hmm. how as a black comedy sketch show, it pretty much set the template for other black comedy sketch shows that we know and love today. Um, that uh, j- just the way it addressed topical issues, the way it addressed things like racism, mm-hmm. um, uh, social justice, and, and that, that sort of thing. Things that you think are, are new today in the 21st century, in Living Club was talking about back then. There's really nothing new under the sun. It's just a question of who was talking about it and in what context. And that's kind of what in living color cultural history talks about. 
Um, the second one is um, a Golden Girls of Cultural History. Um, and um, again, it's the same thing um, that it talks about, uh, where the Golden Girls fits in in the grand scheme of things. How do you set your big goals? Things are obviously very different um, when you're older. And I think my goals now that I'm older are, where am I going to see myself in 15 and 20 years? What does the rest of my life, not as a professional look like? What do I do when I retire? Um, because, you know, now you got to look at the long-term. So that's really what, you know, what I'm thinking about now, because frankly, I've achieved everything I've wanted to achieve in my professional career. I've got nothing left to prove. Um, I've been to the Grammys, I've been to the Emmys, I've been to the Oscars. I've worked with everybody from A-list celebrities to reality stars. I've been all over the world. I've been published everywhere and anywhere I could possibly want to be published. I've had books uh, come out. Um, yeah. And these are all things that I did for myself, by myself. Nobody gave it to me. So I have nothing left to prove. Now it's a question of what does it look like from here? So. Is there any question that I did not ask, but you wanted to answer? Just for me, the only thing I do want to say is thank you very much for having me on. I hope that it imparted some wisdom to your audience. And um, I hope we can do it again soon. And, uh, you know, again, I, I hope personally that you do find your, your purpose in your, uh, in your writing. And I'll be on the lookout for it, for sure. And please stay in touch and let me know what you're doing. Because I'd love to be able to see how I can, you know, help you along and give you a guiding hand. Your message to the audience? Definitely do check out um, In Living Color, A Cultural History. Um, hire Black writers, pay Black writers. Um, white women, stop being Karens. And never give up on your dreams. <laughs> it was fun talking to you. Thank Likewise. You so much Thank you so much. And stay in touch, please. Let me know how you're doing. And I definitely, definitely. let me know if I can help in any way. Bye-bye.